Um, first of all, this is just a point of interest. In the late 1800s, down in the Falklands, where there was a thriving whaling industry, um, an able seaman fell overboard from one of the whalers. He was, um, he was presumed drowned and dead, therefore, until a couple of days later when uh, a sperm whale, I think it was, was caught and being slit open for its blubber, there inside the stomach of this sperm whale was the able seaman who'd fallen overboard. He was a gibbering wreck for two weeks and he was bleached by the stomach juices of the animal, but he regained his sanity and lived a long life. That happened to Jonah too. I want to say four things very briefly. They're nothing more than seed thoughts, but please God, they challenge you, because they've challenged me already. The first thing is that Jonah was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. That's ridiculous. You can't flee from the presence of the Lord. And he knew enough about the Lord to know that, but it didn't stop him doing it. And so the question I ask is, is this because he had this head knowledge about God, but the head knowledge wasn't translated into the reality of daily living? This is what happens with, with wasps and church members. Church members grow and they know more and more and more, or Christians know more and more and more about their God, because all the Bible studies they go to, and all the books they read, that they buy at Wesley Owen, they have all this stuff about God, and I'm no different from any of them, but does this stuff we know about God actually get translated into the reality of our lives? So that when you came here this morning, did you come here to come into the presence of the Lord, or did you know you were in the presence of the Lord before you came here? Did you come here expecting God to be at working with his people because that's what God does or did you just come because this is going to church day? My mother had this phrase um, and who's she? Something the cat brought in? Have you ever heard that? Yeah. I think it's normally women that say it. Perhaps it's because it's normally women that get talked about when they're around but talked about as though they're not there. I wonder how often God says, who's he? Something the cat brought in? We live every moment of our lives in the presence of our God. We're talking about God so much of the time, and I just wonder whether God's just sitting there twiddling, going like this and saying, well, you're talking about me, but you're not looking at me. In actual fact, I just coughed and you didn't take any notice. You didn't even realise I was here, did you? Now, we believe so many things about our God. Lord God, revive us so that the things we know become the life we live. That's the first point. Second thing, we hear people say things like, and it's, and it's, it's normally a sort of a, a, a sort of a sexual innuendo when I've heard it on television things, you know, say, oh, look at her, yeah, chance would be a fine thing. This is about chance would be a fine thing. Okay? It's never too late to pray. And God is only ever a prayer away. Jonah had really messed up. You and I at different times have really messed up. You may have really been, really been messing up now. I don't know. 
Jonah thought he was about to die. He thought he was going down to the roots of the mountains. The weeds came and tangled themselves around him. He knew he was a goner, but he lifted up his voice to God in his holy temple and he was heard on his deathbed or his death drowning. There's always a chance to pray because God is never far away. He's always here because in him we live and we move and we have our being. When you were baptized, you were baptized into him. You can't escape from him. And he cares about you. God is never further than a prayer away. There's always a chance while we live. And God gave Jonah a second chance. I don't know how apocryphal this story I'm about to tell is, but I heard it the other week. About a couple who complained that God hadn't spoken to them for 20 years. They went to a conference, they heard the main speaker speaking about God giving guidance. And afterwards they went up and remonstrated with the preacher. They remonstrated with him saying, you're talking about all this guidance, but God hasn't spoken to us for 20 years. And the speaker thought for a moment and then said, what was the last thing he said to you? Uh, He asked us to go to China. Hmm. So if God's not speaking to you, what is the last thing he said to you? Because he's the God of a second chance, you know. Listen to him. Remember what he said. That's the second thing. The third thing I want to say. Just see all the different things that God was involved in in this series of events. God was at work in Israel speaking to Jonah. Jonah heard him. God was at work in all the circumstances. He commanded the winds and the waves and they obeyed him. He revealed something of himself to pagan sailors on the boat. So that after Jonah had been thrown over and the storm had abated, those pagan sailors prayed to Jonah's God and then obviously mentioned it when they got back to Joppa. God revealed himself in some measure to the people of Nineveh in such an amazing way that they began for a short time at least to give up their evil ways. God can use whales and gourds and worms and winds as messengers of his purpose. Isn't he awesome? Now, how much do you know about God? God, Charles Spurgeon used to, used, could look at a clock and hear God speaking to him or, or see that God was telling him something. This world that we live in belongs to the Lord. The heavens are his, the earth is his. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Wherever we go, God has his signs and his possibilities. There's nothing that our God can't use and do. But are you looking out for him? Are you just getting up in the morning and going about a daily routine because that's the boring life we have and God never shows up? But he's all around us. There's nowhere you can go where you won't find him. And there's no situation you're in where he can't find you. He's already there. Think about God. God, revive us. 
Restore to us that incredible sense of your presence and delight in you that we had when we first were born again. When we were baptized and came up out of the waters and went, Lord, I'm yours. And God said, and we knew it, and I'm yours. Lord, restore us to that. Bring us out of our littleness into the bigness of the potential you want to be drawn from us. Last point. Matthew chapter 12. Jesus says, As Jonah was three days and nights in the belly of the fish, so the Son of Man, speaking of himself, Jesus, so the Son of Man will be in the grave for three days and three nights. And he was. And then God raised him from the dead. And we know what Jesus said of himself, whoever has seen me, said Jesus, has seen the Father. We know what God looks like, or we know what God is like in character and temperament and holiness and power and compassion and love and sacrifice and longing for us because we see it all in Jesus. And Jesus is not dead because he's representing the God who has always been the living God and is now and today the living God, not the God of dreams or hopes or philosophies, He's the living God. And we're his people, you're his people, and he's with you. Lord God, revive us in this hope that we first had, this understanding, this revelation which we first had. And if God is speaking to you today, then I want you to know that before I stood here, he said the same things to me. And now we're going to be quiet for a moment sing and conclude our worship.